to thank God for my bed and cold and alone because I forgot to thank God for my family, for my friends, for my church. I mean, think about it. We belong to God. Everything you have belongs to God. So if God has given you a house, an apartment, an amazing wife, an amazing husband, a great family, children, a job, then you need to thank and praise God. You need to be grateful and you need to be worshiping God for that. If God, again, put clothes and gave you health and gave you friends, then you need to thank God. If God has allowed you to wake up this morning, you need to thank God and praise him. If God has given you the privilege and the ability to bring somebody to Christ, you need to thank God and praise God for that. Now, giving thanks to God is not always easy. What happens when nothing good comes your way? Then what do you do? Should you be thankful? You should? Okay. Pastor Earl says you should. But sometimes you feel the opposite. Now let me show you, let's read James 4, 117. And this is going to explain why we sometimes feel like we don't have that gratitude in our heart. James tells us that James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he didn't believe in Jesus when Jesus was alive. But when Jesus died and was resurrected, he became a believer, and then he taught the gospel. And he says that what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? What, what makes you feel ungrateful inside of you? He says your passions are at war with you. In other words, that sin inside of you is what makes you feel that way, that ungratitude. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain. So you want something, but you can't have it. So you do whatever you can to try to get it. So you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Now, this is interesting because a lot of you are going to say, wait, 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 wait. I ask. That's not my problem. So, okay, let's say what he says about that. You ask and do not receive. Yeah, that's me. Because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions, your adulterous people. Do you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? So I want that brand new car, that house, that, that raise, that new job. I want it. I want it. But I want it not to glorify God. I want it for me. I want it because I want to keep up with my neighbor. I want it because it's, it satisfies that sinful desire in me. So guess what? God's not going to give it to you. So therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So think about that. You want that so bad because you want to be part of the world, but when you do that, you are becoming an enemy to God. Did you know that? So submit yourself, therefore, to God. James tells us, resist the devil. It sounds really hard, but if you resist the devil, you think you can't do it, but guess what happens? He flees. He runs from you. The minute you... You just muster a little bit of courage and faith to resist the, the devil. He flees from you. So then God says, James tells us, what, what should we do then? You need to draw near to God because once you draw near to God, guess what happens? Then God is going to pull you in towards him. 
And I experience that a lot of times when I'm feeling distant from God. I just start reading the Bible. I start listening to podcasts about the Bible. And all of a sudden, I find that his word is drawn. I start to draw near his word. And guess what happens? I find that I feel God is pulling me towards him. It really works. How many of you guys here feel have done that? When you draw near to God, when you're feeling lonely and devastated, you feel that God then pulls you closer to him. So what kind of believer are we? This is what Pastor Earl likes to talk about a lot about. You know, what kind of person, what kind of believer are you? What kind of Christian are you? Are you the the one that's going to thank God when you only see the blessings, when he gives you that toy, that promotion, uh, that husband, that child you've been, you know, you've been praying for? Is that the only time you're going to thank God? Are you the kind of Christian that's going to thank God no matter what? So even if I can't see the blessing, guess what? I'm going to thank him. I'm going to thank him for that husband and that wife that I can't see yet. I'm going to thank him when my kids are in rebellion. I'll be thanking him all the time. Uh, when, <laughs> when my bank account is in zero, I'm going to thank him. Even though I don't understand my situations in times, I'm going to give thanks to God and I'm going to praise him. When, even though I'm in pain, even though I'm suffering, even though when you feel like life, life is just kicking your, you know what? When people around you seem to be against you, you need to just thank God. And we see this in the Bible. It shows us how to be thankful to God regardless. David was the kind of man that when he was being chased by his enemies, he was thanking God. When he was being chased by his own son, Absalom, who wanted to kill him, he was thanking God. And we see this in, in Psalm 23, which the Lord is my shepherd, I should not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk, and this is my favorite part, everybody's heard this. This is one of the most famous quoted verses of the Bible. Though I walk, say this with me, please. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. So David knew that even though his own son was chasing him down, he knew that God had prepared a table before him in the presence of his enemy. He knew that he had been anointed by God. He knew that God, he belonged to God. He knew he was going to be okay. So it didn't matter what he was going through. He was thanking God and praising God all the time. In Thessalonians 5.8, we see it again. Another famous quote. Give thanks in all circumstances for his God's for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, does it say I'm going to give thanks in some circumstances? I'm going to give thanks only in good circumstances? No. It's saying I'm going to give thanks in the good and the bad and the maybes in all circumstances. I'm going to praise God. Now, we talked about why we should worship and how we should worship, how we should be grateful to God and how gratitude should produce worship. For the last three weeks, that's what we've talked about. 
But what is the real reason that we should say thank you and we should worship God? There's only one reason, brothers and sisters. Can anybody tell me that one reason? Why should we be thanking and worshiping God? Because? He gave us life, yeah. What, what, what else did he? Because? Yes, absolutely. And Pastor all said it last week. There's, another, there's the one reason why we're here. Why are we Christians? Why are we called Christians? What? Yes. He died on the cross for your sins, for my sins, for all of our sins. That's it, folks. That's it, right? He died on the cross for our sins. So in Hebrews 9, 11, 28, we, this is explained a little more. So Jesus came as the chief priest of the things that are now here. He used his own blood, not the blood of goats and bulls, to offer a sacrifice. So that's the first half. So what does that mean? In the Old Testament, under the old promise, Moses brought down the law from the mountain, right? And then the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they continued to write all these other laws that, um, to, to help them obey and, and be able to keep the law. But no matter how much they tried, they couldn't, right? They broke it. And so what happened when they broke the law? They had to offer sacrifice and they had to use blood, blood of a goat, blood of animals, right? Sheep, goat, bulls, calves, cattle. Now, there were like so many different sacrifices because they, they would, they would uh, offer a sacrifice and then they would sin again. They would break the law. And they would do another sacrifice, another offering, and they would break the law. And then again and again and again. It's like this non-ending cycle. And they had five types of offering. They had the burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, right? I mean, every offering had many types of sacrifices. It was crazy. And they still could not achieve. They were doing all this because they wanted to be righteous with God. But guess what? They could not until Jesus came and his perfect blood was shed. Then that one sacrifice was good for everything. So now you and I can serve the living God because God offered himself, Christ offered himself to God. He brought us a new promise from God. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins, the sins of humanity. And now he's going to come back a second time. But the second time he's coming back, it's not really to deal with our sins anymore. He's coming back for us, those who are saved, for the church. So let us be thankful to God for his mercy. Because the final sacrifice has been made and all the sins for all times have been removed. Instead of the old law, we can now have an actual relationship with God. So here we can have a first-hand, a first-person relationship. Just like you have a relationship with your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters and your friend, that kind of we don't need a chief priest anymore. Jesus was the chief priest 
And once he died, that was it. Through the Holy Spirit, we access Jesus. And through him, we access God. And we feel that relationship. So in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so now before I close, I ask Brother Daryl and the worship team to please do one more song, uh, a worship song of gratitude, of praising God. And then I'm going to come back and close this out in prayer.
pray. Let us remember that righteousness before God is possible only through Jesus' sacrifice. What a relief this is for us. This is the fundamental truth for Christians. God not only grafted us into his family, but he invited us, you and me, into a personal relationship. Let us not forget what a relief the good news of the gospel is. So, Father, we invite you into that, and we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for coming for us, and we thank you for your work on this earth to redeem us. We thank you that we're able to enter into that work and be your hands and feet into this world. We thank you that you have invited us to come close, that you have removed the stain of sins in our lives. Come, Holy Spirit, help us live into that because we're still focusing quite a bit on our sins. And you're saying it is not about that anymore. You are a new person. You can walk out of that. It does not have to have control of your life anymore. So Holy Spirit, show us how to live this out and how to walk into the freedom that you are offering us. Let us be thankful for God's unfailing love and grace. He accepts us as we are, as broken and imperfect as the cheats, the failures, the liars that we are. There is no one good enough to enter his kingdom without his grace. Let us be thankful for God's eternal word. Come, Jesus, we pray. In your name we ask. Amen.